Hi, I'm James. And I'm Drew. And welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support Group. friend liz also known as elizabeth leaper also known as the voice of graphic support group yes Hi guys. Um, <laughs> and we are excited about this we're putting ourselves <laughs> under the uh the flames of graphic support group just as we've done to all of our guests so that's yes. it's not just you who is being vulnerable well, I, th- I think it's an opportunity for you to reflect on the seasons that you've gone through. Yes, yes. We're really happy to to have Liz here on a more like full capacity. So uh, welcome, Liz. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Um, so should we get started? Sure. Okay. Um, Is there anything you'd like to do before your sessions to uh, get get people in the Headspace. I know you're now a licensed uh, design therapist. Is that right? (laughs) I think like appointed by you guys. Um, No, I mean, it's great to be here. I am not just the voice. I think I also have been listening to the episodes and really appreciating what you're doing with them. So it's been very cool to be sort of like in the background, um, but to kind of be able to listen in each, each week or whenever you release them. Um, and kind of see the different ways you're taking on the field. And I think you guys also just ask um, questions that I appreciate. And so, yeah, that's (laughs) happy to be here. Thanks for coming on to our podcast and giving us feedback on your podcast. podcast, (laughs) Which is obviously not at all what we were uh, expecting. Well, I mean, I think so maybe to get us started, um, you guys are working from very different places. And so I imagine that you have, you know, even though you knew each other prior to doing this together, right, you've had to kind of evolve a working relationship over yes. this this bit of time. So, um, so maybe you could speak to that or even just get us started by um, kind of reflecting a little bit on like how it's been going. Yeah, I mean, do you mind if I start, Drew? Go for it. Yeah, I mean, I think that in many ways has been cool because it's evolved our friendship. Like, it's been great to be in touch regularly with Drew. And I, I think what's been fascinating for me is, like, I always really liked interviewing people. But, um, and we'll kind of get into this later, but I think the the interesting thing about this project working with Drew is that we're having to develop new sensitivities in terms of, like, what we're trying to advocate for, what we're trying to like dig for. And also like, um, just like trying to get under the, under the hood with people in a different way. Um, and I think that's something that I noticed with Drew. It's like, sometimes I think he gets distracted by 
what he's attracted to from the work standpoint. And then we, and I do the same thing too, but uh, we have to kind of like reel each other in and be like, what is our mission here? Um, yeah. Cause we don't want to just like talk about how cool these people are. Cause that's not really the point <laughs> at all. That's sort of the opposite point, even though like we do think they are cool. Like it's hard to like bring people in who you think are cool and you respect and admire and then like treat them as if like that's not really that important like the other the, mm -hmm. that's like the least of your concerns uh or if that's sort of like the it's like your bit your invitation means that we admire you so like we're not going to talk about that so much i mean we do it talk about it but yeah i think it's i also often am like just really interested in like even some of the technical stuff or like how like the people that we have on like structure their files or <laughs> like I don't talk about that stuff but it's yeah. like it is interesting totally like kind of more about who they as the people <laughs> like yeah, what yeah. their process is in making the work but I mean so how do you guys handle that in terms of um like when you're making your decisions around who you want to bring on and then how you're not just like starstruck, like what, what's your process for putting and together honestly, your interview? I feel like James would say that it mostly is me being starstruck and then <laughs> him being like, I guess we could have this person. <laughs> but I mean, is that so bad? Like, I mean. Well, I think so what I, the way I've responded to that is like, I'm really open to the people that Drew's attracted to. Um, and also what's kind of cool is that like Drew's kind of attracted to this very unique blend of like kind of weird, but technically very sound and, and crafty designers. And so I'm kind of opening up more to like, okay, let's invite these people on based on our taste. But it's also an interesting opportunity to interrogate our taste, I think. And also the way I've been operating is like, like I accept that I have assumptions about these designers and I go in with these assumptions knowing that I'm going to have them challenged. So in some ways, like it's not necessarily a good journalistic device, but I think in terms of getting at like what the motivations are behind the work, I think it's helpful to have these, these assumptions. So that's yeah. been helped by that. I mean, operating. also the, James has, you know, brought in probably like a third of the guests like have been your. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, it's similar in that way where it's like, I, I have the opposite question where it's like, I don't know what their work looks like or like, I don't like get what their work is, is about sometimes because they're m more like academic or theoretical or like philosophical in terms of the way they approach design. So it's like, instead of being like, whoa, sick poster, it's like, like this person, I have to like read through like things they've written or like understand like where they're coming from. So that's also good because for me, I feel like I am like a really obsessive about like formal stuff and like aesthetics, which I always have been. And I don't think I ever will not be. Um, but it pushes me to like get back into like this sort of academic headspace or like the space of like it doesn't being a great designer or a worthwhile designer doesn't necessarily just mean that you're like good at making sick posters like that's <laughs> if anything that could also be like 
not a good thing that if you can only do that so like yeah and i think like i think i'm i was trying to allude to in terms of like our interests and our responsibilities in some ways i think that we're trying to learn a little bit more about how we can uh, achieve our mission of like getting to the psychological and emotional places of design practice and it's not a huge part of our prep um a lot of our prep is like dissecting the work and like getting to like for example i think one of the things that i was really interested in with hans van hallam um was like what is the obsessive nature behind the work and like what kinds of stresses those bring mm -hmm. and you know that came from like a visceral reaction to her work which you know was our initial attraction to it so i think it's like we're, we're we need to get a little bit better at that i think of like how do we weave in our interest in the work into our mission with the podcast so moving away from just being like a big fan yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's also like you know it's not like you would just have people you agree with on like a talk show all the time or have people you know but that's sort of it's sort of like the it's nice that thing where it's like they're not gonna write an article about like somebody they don't like that's not the point so mm -hmm. but it, so it's not really journalism in a certain sense yeah so that's kind of i mean it isn't journalism really so i guess coming to terms with what it is we are actually doing right is is interesting too like each episode we sort of reevaluate that it's like are we just like you know like it's like if you're teaching a design course you would have somebody whose work you respect that relates to the class come talk it's kind of like that but mm -hmm. it's a podcast it's like oh you make work that kind of fits into like the context of this podcast so it's like it's like are we gonna have you know like somebody who's like really uptight and like really not whimsical on this podcast and like ask them to be vulnerable like right maybe we should <laughs> like yeah. that would be cool but like a how do we decide who that is and be like like what does that look like? Is that just us like grilling somebody? Yeah. And I think that it brings up a good point in terms of like things that we can improve on is like improving those strategies of like, um, an op like opening up the vulnerability spectrum. Like I had a conversation earlier today about mentoring students about like, you know, if a student is like willing to go to a place, like how much do you push them? And like, how much do you bring them to that place? So I think, I don't know, Drew, you might feel differently, but I think part of the learning that we've had to do is like allow ourselves to go to that place and like uh, make it an open invitation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things too, where it's like the idea itself of the podcast is sort of like ambiguous in a sense and then people seem to like have responded somewhat positively to like certain aspects of it but we're not really sure what what's working and what isn't like there may be things that are like <laughs> we do every time that people are like i would i love this podcast but i wish they wouldn't do like x or i wish like they didn't like get into this mode or whatever so like i 
we don't really know like what we're doing, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we feel like we're on to something. And I think like having to formalize that in terms of like, we've done like two interviews now. And then we had like the Welt format presentation where we had to really like explain it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that helped us to like sort of come up with a better idea of like what our mission is and like why we're doing this. Yeah. Which I think we had, but yeah, it clarifies I think, it. I think that those opportunities have been good points for us to like really articulate our tone. Like that was something that took me a while to get to understand. And I, I'm sure Liz, you might have a reaction to that in terms of like reading the meditations. Cause that was like the unlocking point for me. Mm-hmm. And then it's also like, I think Welt Format proved this to me, but it was like, oh, we kind of do have a mission in terms of like, we want to create a space for support. But then what does that really mean? And how can a podcast achieve that? So that's how I feel about those opportunities. Do you guys want to kind of maybe more succinctly say what it was that you started the pot, like the intention with which you began versus what it feels like now that you've been doing it for a while and sort of evolved your understanding of your positions? Well, I mean, that, that's actually the, been the most interesting part about the relationship with this podcast is like Drew and I were pretty good friends to begin with and I wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't really know how to like go about it and I didn't want to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. So like, at first, if the season one was like, let's do the thing, we did the thing. And then like partway through season two, I think we found that like, oh, there's a response to the thing. And there's like, I keep on bringing this word up responsibility, but I think there is a certain responsibility that our podcast has now. And I think now we're like responding to that and like evolving that. Yeah, it almost has a quality now where or it's on the cusp of being something that will eventually have like kind of a reputation that precedes itself so that way we can't really surprise people anymore like once once mm-hmm. they know what it is and they've heard enough episodes like the guests know like what they're getting into and they're not going to be like as shocked to, to answer like emotional questions or like kind of like the nathan fielder like situation where it's like well now that everyone knows who he is they can't he can't just keep doing the same thing he can't like punk people or whatever (laughs) so i was just gonna say i think the goal for me was always to like create just like a tonal space where it was like like i want to create a space within the framework of graphic design where there's like this tonality of like support and positivity and like like uh what's the what's the word we use not i try to not say mindfulness or wellness but like but then also tongue-in-cheek cheekily like making fun of that world while also like truly embracing it like because i'm like legitimately interested in that stuff you know and like i spend a lot of time thinking about it and reading about it and like listening to like spa music so 
Actually, after you sent me a couple of those spa playlists, Drew, I listened to them and it was super fun, actually. (laughs) I would like walk the dog listening to the spa playlist. But it was also fun to kind of think like, okay, Drew actually listens to this. Like, (laughs) you know, it's not, I don't know, there's sort of like a self-awareness, but it's like also very authentic. And that always kind of gets me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like at a point where the irony dissolves but it's still funny like that idea is still funny Wednesday and the files have been packaged and sent. You have met the deadline and relief pours in with the sunlight. Looking up from your computer, you notice the window and the world beyond it. Stand up and stretch, raising arms overhead as you inhale and exhale. Stare out the window, noticing the blue sky, and free yourself from intention. Release yourself from judgment. Trust your intuition, the source of your inner light. Look out the window again, then look inward. Find contentment. Be at peace, knowing tomorrow will be much the same. A new deadline and continued growth. So I was going to ask you guys what you think, like, do you think that your audience is understanding all of this kind of like tongue in cheek, but also very authentic, but it sounds like James, they are. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think people are really responding to the sincerity for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think they're responding to like us trying to have a different conversation and opening up doors for designers to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like, I think we could be funnier. Like we could ride that line a little bit more, but I I don't know how to do it. It's kind of hard for me. Yeah, I mean our conversations I wouldn't say are like laugh out loud funny. Occasionally they will be funnier. It just depends on who's on and like what vibe we like get into. But do you feel a different kind of responsibility or maybe saying it differently? Like what now having gone through this, what do you think the needs are? Like, do you feel like you've uncovered anything in your conversations and been like, okay, there's actually a need for this kind of support or it's different than we thought, you know, I mean, based I, on. I, I think I've definitely noticed that like the eagerness with which people are 
interested in talking about this stuff is like pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. Like it's not yeah. like we, we ask these questions and people are just like, like really reluctant to say anything. Like people will talk and like, we always have to cut the conversation short. It's not like we're like running out of things to talk about. So I don't know. There's something, there's clearly a void in terms of like designers being able to like truthfully speak about like the emotional aspects of what they do with somebody who legitimately understands what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like if they're going to therapy, it's not like their therapist is like a graphic designer with an MFA from Yale or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they are like either they're talking to somebody who like maybe they like know what graphic design is and they can relate, but they're it's the context and the like specificity of like the anxiety of the, the, the work that we do and the sort of cultural pressure that we put on ourselves to like understand visual culture at the scale that we do and understand culture at the scale that we do is like something that you can't really like explain to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's actually really interesting, Drew, because one, I think, now that we've done a, few, a lot of episodes, people like guests can go back and like listen and get what we're getting at. So I think people have come prepared to be more vulnerable. I've noticed an uptick in that direction, which has been great. And then the other thing, this came up early on with Som, and he was talking about his therapist and his anxieties about work. And his therapist like clearly had no real window or context into why he's stressed out. It was just like, don't be stressed out. Things will be fine. But mm-hmm. like, we have the capacity to understand like, yeah, you're freaked out about this print deadline because you've been working on it for three months and it's all going to go, you know, to be finalized. And like, how does that affect your anxiety? And, and so like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, and the sort of self-awareness that, like, layers on top of that of, like, how this shit does not matter at all at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. you, it doesn't matter that, that, that the fact that it doesn't matter at all does not change the stress levels. Like, Right, right. It doesn't you know? diminish the <laughs> importance of that anxiety. Yeah, so I think it's, like, yeah, talking to somebody else who understands, like, oh, yeah, I know that this is all kind of dumb at the end of the day. <laughs> But I appreciate the dumbness that you're experiencing because it is real. Right. You know, the clients don't think it's dumb, you know. Well, so it's like you can enter into those conversations without having to first justify, like, what the stakes are (laughs) of the print deadline. I don't. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I feel like we don't really talk so much about, like, you know, like, part of me wondered if it would if it is and con- would would continue to be cringy to hear designers sort of like whine about how hard their lives are but honestly it hasn't cringy. felt it hasn't felt that way that yeah i thought it would kind of veer in that direction at some point but yeah like people have just been like forthcoming about why things have been stressful rather than be like I'm stressed out all the time about things that no one can relate to and like being victimizing. And I think Mm -hmm. also like we bring a certain empathy to allow for people to share in a vulnerable and intimate way without feeling guilt or like victimization. 
Yeah, I think if people were just complaining, it would it would be very cringy. But I think it's that kind of like the reflective space that you're setting up where it's both an opportunity for you in conversation to discuss some things that are then also familiar to some of your audience. Um, you know, I think the other thing that I'm realizing too to like build on that is like, I think when designers talk to each other a lot of the time, it's in the context of a project. Mm-hmm. So they actually are accountable to the other person and or a client. So like if you're collaborating on a project with another designer or with a studio or you're like teach, co-teaching a class or something, it's a professional relationship. It's not, it is like you start as friends or you are friends, but like at the end of the day, what you're discussing is like something that needs to be done or achieved or mm-hmm. like completed. And also you're trying to kind of like, you're, you're trying to like do a good job so that the other person respects you and vice versa. Right. And so in this context, front. <laughs> yeah, in this context, it's like, oh, I'm a designer and you're a designer. And we're not talking about like whose work is the coolest and like what projects are the best. We're talking about like why you had a hard day like once. <laughs> I think it's, it's also like, you know, I think in all of the guests and possibly most designers, at least I think that I know and can speak for like there's just a love of doing you know there's a love of making the things but there are a whole host of things that come with that including like interpersonal relationships and like some unsympathetic people (laughs) at times i think we're getting better at people and making people feel safe in terms of like yeah i can complain or like i can reflect on this horrible experience and you know, hopefully it'll be helpful for other people to hear it. Um, That's a lot of the feedback that I've been getting is like, one, like, I think a lot of the feedback I've been getting is like, oh, cool, you're exposing me to this different way of working, which is always positive. But then two, it's like, I'm not alone, which I think is is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think in most of the conversations that I've heard, at least. Um, and I think the meditations get to this a little bit too, but there's sort of like um, a desire to engage with process, like not the process of like, this is how I design the thing, but this is like the process of designing in all the bits and pieces that it encompasses, you know, kind of like the the very like human things that happen as a designer when you're making something. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that maybe like inspires this in general is just like how stressed out I was and like everybody else was in grad school like and how little time was actually spent like making the shit Mm -hmm. like your like whole day every day every (laughs) like moment you're thinking about like the stress of doing it because you're like insecure about whether what you're doing is what you should be doing or not. I mean, I don't disagree, but I think to qualify that, like what I wonder about sometimes is, was it the stress of making it or was it the stress of having to present something that I just wasn't clear on? You know, and I I think it's that kind of public aspect, which is like fundamentally part of the work that, you know, design is doing. So there's always that element of like, this will go public. My (laughs) name is likely attached to it. Do I care about that? And I guess I wonder, and this is a question for you guys, like, is stress just part of the process? Like, is, and is that kind of what the podcast is that's, like also trying to get at? Well, that's what we were talking about with Jim, because I mean, for him, it definitely <laughs> is. <laughs> but some people I, I like to bring on 
uh, people who have this sort of like whimsicality mm-hmm. to their work and this sort of like, oh, I'm just a kid in a sandbox kind of vibe going on. But it's like, you know, you talk to somebody like that, like Michelle from Studio Yukiko, it's like, oh, their work's so fun and playful and like badass and like doesn't care about anything. And she's like, I had a ner- like a nervous breakdown, like because of my job. So it's like also trying to kind of dispel the, f- the myth of like the sort of like savant Mm-hmm. designer like that doesn't exist like none of these people are just like casually like shitting out badass <laughs> design <work. laughs> right like what you see is not it, that's not it there's much much more <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think to a degree there is an inherent stress level that comes with the work and the process but what's been interesting is like i think over the years and more actually more recently like like the past year or the past two years uh, stress has become less a part of the process and anxiety has become less a part of the process. And it's like, I see myself evolving as a maker, as someone that like can be consistent and like allow it to come naturally. But it's also really rewarding to like hear both sides of that argument. Like, yeah, like I kind of just let it come to me and it happens. And then um, I'm constantly at odds with myself trying to get this idea across in my head. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think spectrum is nice i think personally for me and i don't i mean james has been around the block a little long a bit longer than i have so (laughs) i'm not gonna say it's the same for you but i feel like i'm at a place in my career now where i'm just finally starting to like feel comfortable saying like yes i am a designer like this is what i do and like Mm -hmm. i have this style that i'm interested in and these are my like visual goals and like this is my like ideological framework like mm-hmm. this is how I work with clients like and I feel like it's cool to like experience that through other designers like while I'm like just figuring it out myself mm-hmm. um, and I think the point early on was just to create the space and then to kind of like uh, punctuate it with these signifiers that it's like it's both earnest and funny mm-hmm. like the meditations do a lot of that for us and like the music that I happened to write that had nothing to do with this podcast like has like that organic nature of it is is sort of what I think makes it something that feels nice or something I don't know like I just wanted to keep I, I personally wanted to keep that space there and then once James was on board I feel like we just understood like what we're mm-hmm. doing in a kind of unspoken way but then we've had to have conversations about like what are we really trying to get out of these conversations on the podcast and like mm-hmm. yeah and the responsibility aspect too like now that like you know if we're being invited to like a swiss design uh, lecture about like care in design there's like a certain like responsibility you need we need to really be thoughtful about how we talk about and engage with people about this topic because it's not like a joke like care and support and like like mm-hmm. intimacy and vulnerability aren't aren't a joke there but but jokes are a good way of like getting people to open up and like feel comfortable right so it's like approach with humor yeah yeah do you feel like you have the same anxieties around the podcast that you might with graphic design work? Or do you feel like it's been a different process 
um, and has it gotten more or less comfortable? I think that's kind of been the interesting thing for me because it's like I've always wanted to do a podcast. I think interviewing is something I enjoy doing. I like having conversations with people. It's like a challenge for myself also to be part of a, a conversation that I am like kind of uncomfortable of having conveying that discomfort is sort of part of it we all know that this is like a vulnerable like maybe difficult thing to talk about and that's kind of why it's engaging um what is the thing that like when you say that is it like are we talking about work or just being vulnerable in our work like what's the thing (laughs) yeah i think like opening up okay yeah definitely i mean i think like i'm victim or like i'm guilty of that too it's like sometimes like I get so caught up in the interview that it's like I forget to acknowledge my place in the conversation that like I'm not just here to document this person's experience. I'm also here to share my own experience and like have it be an active conversation instead of an interrogation. Yeah, I think it also just comes back to like reminding myself and reminding ourselves that like getting to anywhere in this industry like was hard and is hard and like we I think that's why we started the podcast off the way we did because it was important for us to like sort of set the stage that like we have had trauma like career trauma and like have been like treated like crap by people and like Mm -hmm. we don't want to ever do that to somebody else and like we want to make sure that we remind ourselves that that is like part of our narrative you know like and that every guest that we have on has similar situations and it helps me to like stay uh, like grounded. And then I think hopefully the conversations emerge a little bit more like raw. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So then given that you are kind of positioning yourselves in this way with your guests, it, do you bring any of that back to your working relationship? I know we've discussed a little bit about like concerns or resentments. I mean, maybe you can speak a little bit about how you treat each other, kind of given that you have uh, a mission, <laughs> right? But also are pursuing a working relationship. Yeah. I mean, James can, I can start or James, if you want. <laughs> the same. Uh, well, I think actually the one thing that I think like that, to not resentments but maybe like difficulties on my end has been I think there's been a tendency for my part to like not take full ownership and that's not that it means that I've been irresponsible but rather it's been me like not like praising my involvement enough and like not praising my ownership of it and like there has been a lot of tendency on my part that like oh, this is Drew's idea and I'm just a supporting member. But like Drew's assured me that that's not the case. And I know that's not the case, but it's like I need to acknowledge that like I'm I'm a big part of this and this is also my idea now as well, you know. So there has been that learning curve, I think. And I think that also like has a lot to do with my own personality. It's like I don't want to take credit for the things that I've done or like acknowledge that I've done a good job. Yeah. And and I think like similarly, I have a tendency to like take like the passenger seat whenever possible because I get like super overwhelmed and like want somebody else to make decisions. And I think Mm -hmm. James is like pretty 
tactful and like straight forward with like the way he makes decisions and so then sometimes i like fall into this like oh he he'll like remind me like when yeah to like do a social post or something like that because like he's organized but then that like breeds resentment in him or whatever and we also yeah. haven't like created much structure because of the organic way that this like came yeah. about and i think we've tried to have conversations about all these things including the fact that like yeah i like had the idea and it's like attached to something that i was thinking about before but like that's kind of how any collaboration works it's not like mm-hmm. two people have the same brain and then like the idea just yeah, yeah. happens <laughs> like you say like, what if yeah. we did this and then the other person's yeah. like that sounds cool yeah. um and I'll, like I, I've said this before, I don't remember when, but it's like I could not do this alone at all. Like, yeah, it just wouldn't work. Like, yeah, I, I've only done one of the interviews by myself, and that one was like pretty unfinished. <laughs> <laughs> I do the majority of the editing, and it's something that I really enjoy at this point, and have gotten fairly efficient at. But there's a part of me like that doesn't want to let go of that. I don't know why yet. Like, it's like, it's not like it's mine. Like, I can't share it. But it's sort of like, I have this feeling that I could just get it done. And initially, I started to do the edits because Drew was, like, too obsessive about the sound. But, like, <laughs> I think that that's part of it. It's like, if I leave Drew to it, like, maybe I'll, it'll never get done. But, like, I think maybe it's a bit of sharing on my part, like, rather than, like, being resentful and, like, but then I think also like as we grow to to know each other's working habits, I think like it's acknowledging and like running with our strengths. Like mm-hmm. Drew has like commanded the artwork and like I know that I can like do cool artwork, but like I also just want to trust him to like do that and like run with it and mm-hmm. vice versa, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I recognize that the editing is like a huge task because I tried to do it and I was like losing my mind because I got obsessed with like, oh, do we cut like every like, um, do we like, you know, how do I make sure that I'm not like misleading the way that they phrased this or whatever? Mm-hmm. And James would just sort of like do the edits. But that was only because like he was good at editing and I wasn't. And then he was like, well, I do it really quickly, so I'm fine with it. And then I was like, okay, well, like, if you do it quickly and I, like, suck at it, then, like, I guess we have a system. But then it's like, well, he's editing them all and I'm not. Right. Yeah. But I'm doing the artwork, which, you know, like, I enjoy and sometimes it takes longer than it it should or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I enjoy it, so I don't care. And, like, it seems like he enjoys that process, so he doesn't care. But that it's, like, clearly there is, like, a division of... labor that's like well it's it's funny because i think like my remedy was like yeah i compromise that i made in my mind is like let's do the things that we're good at and lean into it and trust each other to do it but like like there's also there's always things that we can do like and then i think it's like learning how to like help each other with the other things that we need to do and just like recognize each other's strength like i think drew is a pretty good representative of the podcast in terms of outreach and you know he does that pretty well so like i trust him to do it whereas like i think you know i really enjoy my presence on the podcast as like a 
like keeping us on track on the on the conversation and stuff like that. So I think it's like learning to accept each other's strengths and then like helping each other overcome each other's weaknesses. I get the impulse to like try and improve things and be like like transparent, but like it's really tiresome to be in a relationship where it's like how are we feeling? How are we doing this? How can we do this better? And like it's like I think like both Drew and I like kind of like the casual nature of how things are rolling so far. Mm-hmm. And I and I think like it's it's a reflection of our friendship, but it's like how do we like maintain that peace um as our responsibilities grow. Mm-hmm. I mean the other thing that is hard is the time difference makes it such that like there's like a three hour window of time where like I can text him and he'll respond. And like, if I don't hit that frame, then like I wait like eight hours or whatever. So it's like, I have a lot of friends who I'm like constantly texting with because like we're on the same time, but I feel like I don't really like have that relationship with him because I can't like, it's like always waiting um, and vice versa. And like getting texts at really weird times, like at like 6 a.m., like or like like both of us send each other texts at like 6 a.m our time right right (laughs) so it sounds like you've worked out if informally like good ways of acknowledging each other and giving feedback yeah i mean i think we had a conversation recently about a lot of these issues like and you know i think the conclusion we came to is like let's just be honest with each other and not and not kind of give into our tendencies of being and then I think it hit him that like, oh, he might actually quit. So he's like, are you going to quit? You can't quit. <laughs> Need support now? We love hearing from the design community. Call us at 202-507-9158. Please share your story with us after the tone. We'll do our best to respond on our podcast. Please leave a name or alias, design role, and location. Thank you for your call. It's like I've been repressing those fears the whole time and being like, it can't be true. It can't be true. So sometimes I go like 100% in the other direction where it's like, <laughs> well, everyone's happy with me, right? Otherwise, they'd be complaining all the time. <laughs> I'm not going to like wait or I'm not going to look to see all the complaints because I'll lose my mind because that's what I would naturally do. So I just say like, everything's fine. And then when somebody like actually points out a problem, I'm like, obviously. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, I will say that um, what's been really awesome about working with Drew this time around is that like he's been incredibly positive and like 
not complained a lot. Like I also think it's interesting. It is interesting because I think both James and I are a lot different than we were when we knew each other in grad school. And like, yeah, so it's like an evolving. I think I'm definitely reverting (laughs) back to some of those tendencies (laughs) over the last year as like the pandemic just continues. What what's happening next? The short term girl's goal is like really focusing on like yeah how can we be of service in a way like how can we be helpful yeah thinking about like this the idea of support and design and like yeah creating like a sort of network of people that like can rely on each other for different things and like maybe like bi-weekly or monthly like support groups like on zoom or something where everybody comes together and like shares their stories like and what they need and where they're at and like and then just seeing like what is it like to like have a podcast and a studio that like are kind of tangential and like people can kind of listen to the podcast and then like hire the people on the podcast to do the work that they like knowing where what they're about and like what their interests are and like sort of more like engaged in like holistically like what it is a designer does and like what a client's role is in that and like you know also having different types of people on the podcast like clients students like administrators printers like i think think that would be super interesting yeah yeah. the people who actually provide support to the designers as well and we rely so much on other people's time and like generosity that like we don't necessarily I hate the word deserve but it's like these people owe us nothing you know like why would they come on and like share their deepest insecurities with two people they don't know so like (laughs) we owe like so much to just that anybody is even willing to do that and then also we owe so much to people who are like spending their time listening to that like yeah I definitely (laughs) want to give a shout out to our guests and our listeners just like spending time with us it's huge i love the hotline and i can't remember the last episode that i listened to but you had a like a hotline call in and then yeah we had one person but i thought that was great and i the thing that was exciting about it was like okay like yeah sitting down for a long time doing work like that is a problem all right, y'all. Thanks again. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks again for coming on, Liz. Um, All right. Bye. Bye. Have a good night, Liz. Have a good night.